In preparation for today's message, we shall be reading from the book of Ecclesiastes, uh, number 9, verse 10, chapter 10, verse 10, and chapter 12, verses 13 to 14. Again, that is Ecclesiastes, chapter 9, verse 10, chapter 10, verse 10, and chapter 12, verses 13 to 14. Whatever your hand finds to do, do it with your might. For there is no work or thought or knowledge or wisdom in Sheol to which you are going. If the iron is blunt and one does not sharpen the edge, he must use more strength. But wisdom helps one to succeed. The end of the matter, all has been heard. Fear God and keep his commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. For God will bring every deed into judgment with every secret thing, whether good or evil. A pleasant good morning to everyone. Our God is good. We are now allowed 50% of our capacity, although many of our members still prefer to watch online. And that is fine because we still need to be careful. In Europe, it has spiked once again. Once we experienced 20,000 a day infections, now they are experiencing 20,000 a day and probably more. And of course, there is a discovery of a new variant, the Omicron, found in Africa and in Hong Kong already, which is more severe, more infectious than Delta. So we need to pray and still be on guard yet. Don't lose your peace. You are a child of God. We are not afraid to die. If it is our time, then it is our time. We don't fight it. But we do not wish to die. <laughs> Nobody should wish to die. We must live the life he has given us on earth to the maximum in service to him and to other people. We are still on our series on our core values I know that many of you are no longer used to having different topics, though, even though we still approach it in a topical expositional approach, yet it is disconnected somehow. I'm just sharing to you that that connection is found at the back of your uh, bulletin, and that is also found in our constitution, except number seven. We have added number seven recently, uh, I think, two years only, and we need to change the constitution, but these are our core values. The topic for today, or the title of today's sermon, is excellence. And we know that we hear this a lot in the world in terms of how to succeed. I'd just like to share to you that this concept is found in scripture, especially in the wisdom books. And one of our core values in our church community, GC Avnaga, is excellence in life and ministry. Take note, in life and ministry. Life includes your relationship, especially your family and your friends, but also including your profession on how you make a living. But it is also excellence in ministry in the way we serve the Lord. Now, what is a core value? A core value is something that we value. What do you value? Some of us value our savings. Well, you should because you worked hard for that savings. Uh, some of us value certain things that gives us sort of a uh, 
a sentimental memory about something. Something may be of less value to others, but it can be more valuable to you because somebody special gave it to you. Perhaps your father who has already passed away has given you something and you hold that with great value. Now for us as a core value, it's something that we value, meaning it's important to us. Yet it is also something that we treasure. So organizations have core values. Of course, we don't have to put core values in our church because all the scripture is core, would be core values. However, once upon a time in GCF Ortigas, and I was part of that team who had to craft the core values of the church in, uh, in Green Hills Christian Fellowship, which we have adapted as well here. So one of it would be excellence in life and ministry. Now, uh, core value is something we give importance to. It is also a guiding principle. Because we value it, we have to see it as one of the lights that guide us. So, and when we say excellence is our core value, it should eventually become part of our DNA as a community. Uh, well, it's hard to explain in medical terms a DNA, but some of you have known that each one of us have, has a DNA and that brought the argument that uh, for the scientific community that there could be a God. Of course, we know there is a God by faith, but for them, DNA is one of those elements that somehow it is so perfect and it is so divine in a, in a manner of speaking that that forms part of you. You are what you are. You look the way you look because of a DNA that some of it has been passed on from generation after uh, generation. Now, the same way if you say an organization, it's part of the DNA of an organization. It means it's part of who, who they are. For example, as a, as a business student and as a business professor, I've studied case studies of different organizations. And I find it really amusing that there are organizations whose DNA is fun. And if you're not a fun guy, a fun person, you cannot be part. The first thing, one of the things they ask you in the interview is to tell them a joke. And if you can't crack the joke and they don't laugh, you cannot belong to that organization because every day seems to be fun in that organization. You may think this organization might be a fun house or a carnival. No, it's a shoe company. It's weird, right? They just want every day to be fun. Now, there are other companies whose core value is, is competition. And um, one of the biggest companies in the world has very strong internal competition and external competition. If you are not that person, you're not looking for competition, don't join that company. But if you're the one who finds life in it, you're always excited. So that's what you call a DNA of an organization. Now in GCF Ortigas as well as in GCF Naga, we see that we believe that this should be part of our DNA, part of who we are. We have to eventually develop this. We have to breathe into this. Uh, it should be who we are in our personal lives, in our family life, and our work life, and even our community life, and ministry life. Now, we seek understanding from Ecclesiastes, one of the wisdom books of the Bible, if you recall, the Bible is divided into several types of literature. So we have the Pentateuch or the Torah in the first five books, which is about the history of how 
uh, Israel became a nation with laws. It started from their ancestors, started from creation, actually, until the establishment of Israel and how they conquered the promised land. You have there the historical books, the narrative of the kings and chronicles. You also find there the prophets, the major prophets and the minor prophets in the Old Testament. But in the Old Testament, you also see what you call the wisdom literature. Now, wisdom literature is poetry, proverb. What is proverb in Filipino? Salawikain, no? O mga kasabihan. So sayings. Why sayings? So we also have the Psalms, which is a form which is a mix of poetry and, uh, and song. Now, Ecclesiastes is, is an interesting book. That's why I say to people, when you study Ecclesiastes, please be very careful. Because this is, uh, if Proverbs is written, you would see that it's mostly written by perhaps idealistic people, that if you do this, most likely this will happen to you. If you fear God and keep his commandments, most likely he will bless the things you do. Now, Ecclesiastes says, uh, yes, in a manner of speaking, and no, in a manner of speaking, because then you end up with there believing that God is still sovereign, and uh, it's not, not everything is automatic, and then he, he gives a sentiment, why do bad things happen to good people, and good things happen to bad people? You'll find that ex- uh, sentiment in Ecclesiastes, and, uh, and uh, be careful, because this is like... The tone is like an old man writing who is already sarcastic about many things, but still wise. Have you heard about old men? Have you talked to some of them who are very wise and intelligent, but very sarcastic? Uh, well, I have talked to some, and they sometimes they mumble by themselves. But if you hear careful, they're mumbling because there's something that is not excellent. But if you look at their history, they were an excellent person. Uh, they were excellent people. So there are people like that, that uh, they are sarcastic about life. Well, <laughs> I know some of us here are like that already. We're very sarcastic. It's a good thing we're friends, right? We, we uh, avoid judging one another. But sometimes in the sarcasm, there, there is wisdom. So I listen carefully to the sarcasm. And uh, I hope my children listen to my sarcasm and find wisdom. Because at home, I can be sarcastic sometimes in a fun way. But if you look here, like uh, the, the statement's meaningless. Everything is meaningless under the sun. And he keeps repeating that. And then he says, go ahead, enjoy yourself because tomorrow you will die. <laughs> you find that in Ecclesiastes. Enjoy life because you will die. But wait, you may enjoy life. You may work hard. And take note, working hard is a theme of this book. Not only working hard, but working wise. There's a time for everything, even though many things are meaningless, or all things are meaningless under the sun. Um, Then work hard, enjoy life, enjoy your wife. Um, Hey, but you can lose everything. (laughs) Uh, But in the end, after I have said many of my ramblings, in the end, all I want to say is fear God and keep his commandments. And he says at the end, at the start, he says there's meaningless under the sun. But in the end, somehow he's saying, look to God, and there's where you will find meaning in the fear of God. Because under the sun, it is meaningless, but over the sun, which is God, the creator of all, we find meaning there. So what do we do, earthlings, as we stay on earth? We, people of the earth who live on the earth, 
what should we do? Well, we have to think scripturally so we don't think as earthlings. Well, we can never detach ourselves because we live here, but if we think scripturally, we also share in that divine knowledge which comes from God. So here, allow me to share a few things from Ecclesiastes. Oh, the author is Kohelet, they say, another word for the preacher. And it says here, a son of David. So people have thought maybe it was Solomon because Solomon is a collector of wisdom writings. Because Solomon is a, a collector of wisdom writings, probably this is Solomon, but that's the traditional view. However, there is another view. When you say son of David, that doesn't mean the direct son of David like Solomon. Jesus is called the son of David, meaning he is in the lineage of David. So this could be an author we don't know who is in the tribe and line of David. So first point I'd like to give to you is energy in the work. Energy in the work. Now, wisdom reminds people that life on earth is limited. Everyone will eventually die sooner or later. And what I'm reading is also found in your bulletin. Those who heed, if you listen, you must put your energies to good use. One must work well or do their best in a worthy endeavor. Now, wisdom says we are limited. Hey, we are limited. You will die one day. Now, one thing we tried in this church is not to be too uncomfortable when we talk about dying. Because we will die and you will die. We don't make it a taboo top topic. We can talk about it and it should not be morbid. Once upon a time, you know one of the most difficult jobs once upon a time in the Philippines was to be a seller of a memorial plan. You know a memorial plan? Well, if you put some money here every month, so at least you've already paid for a large part of your casket in your memorial plot where they will bury you. Once upon a time, that's so uncomfortable. It's talking about death, so and you sell something. Not everybody's ready to talk about that. Now, one of the biggest industries is the memorial. I mean, people have earned a lot of money just by building memorial parks. And uh, people now have become more comfortable talking about death. You will die, I will die, but don't be in a hurry to die. But don't think it won't happen sooner than you expect. It may happen sooner than we think. This COVID-19 thing taught us that, that we can die at any time. We have to put energy into the work, why? Because when you're dead, you can't work anymore. You, can apply, you cannot apply the knowledge and wisdom you have on earth when you're already in the ground. So you better do it now. Let's read chapter nine, verse 10. Whatever your hand finds to do, do it with your might, for there is no work or thought or knowledge or wisdom in Sheol to which you are going. Now, some may interpret this hell. No, this is the place of the dead. We will all die, therefore, what do you do? Enjoy life and not do anything? Well, yeah, that's also in Ecclesiastes. 
but it's not just enjoying life. And, and that's the problem sometimes of, of the present generation where there is so much enjoyment on the mobile phone and on the internet, so much entertainment, it's endless. I remember the time when my parents, they have to entertain themselves. They have to go out and play. As well, in my time, we only had, what, four channels to choose from? How boring life was. But then we are now exalting the value of boredom because bored people become creative, bored people think, and uh, they, bored people learn to interact. When you see a new neighbor come in and you're bored, you want to meet that kid and somehow find a way to play with them. But now we don't that. Mind your own business, kid. I'm a kid with my own thing. I have my own games. And our interaction is online. There's not much work. There's too much entertainment. There's too much enjoyment today. And you will die. I've heard stories. You've heard stories. You've read them in the news. You've watched them in the news. A kid playing for three days in a computer shop suddenly dropped dead. Well, he was sitting there for three, three days. And he just died, stopped breathing. Now, why should one give his energy into the work? Because one cannot do that after death. Everyone will die. It is a reality that people do not usually think about unless they are sick or have become old. And usually when people become old, they think of the state of their soul. But not all of us achieve old age. Some of us are destined to die young, and hopefully that's not one of us. But it does happen. Application. Remember that no one will live forever. Remember that I say to yourself, I will not live forever. That's why we should put our energies into working well so we may contribute to our family and to the generations to come, which means the children and the children's children. And that is also in the wisdom books, thinking of the children and the children's children. And we should contribute to the work of God for the generations to come. So the question is, what are you doing to contribute to your family? And then what do you contribute to do the work of God, which is the gospel of Jesus Christ? to spread and people will come to the knowledge of the truth and submit to the Holy Scriptures. So my friends, let's evaluate each role we play on this earth and what can we do to do it well. And you, whatever your hand finds to do, you have to do it well. In everything we do, we, let us put our mind, heart and strength into the work. Let us put our best into what we do, whether it's a small task or a big project. If we are faithful in small things, according to the Bible, the Lord will put us in charge of more incredible things. Small things, be faithful so that you can be put in charge with greater things. Now, when I say excellence in everything, I'm talking about you're making coffee for somebody. You put excellence in that. When you serve when you serve something to somebody else, you put excellence in that. I mean, make it a habit in everything we do. If you're reading something, put excellence in that in the sense that you have to try to fully understand it. In trying to explain something, if you're not a good uh, person, you're not good in speaking spontaneously or extra extemporaneously, then write it down so that when you get to explain, you have written it down. But everything must be done in excellence. If you make it a habit 
not tomorrow, but now. Don't say, one day I'll be excellent. No, it has to begin now. If you're not a good writer, but you need to write letters, then buy a book on business communication or formal communication and study that book. There are models there, or it's even online. You can buy it online. Everything we do, we stop making the excuses. Oh, I'm, I don't know that. I'm not that person. I'm... But it's an essential. Now, if it's a talent like dancing, you don't have to excel in dancing if you don't want to because it's not like a basic necessity of our culture. Uh, well, many of us sing. The world thinks every Filipino can sing very well. You know that's scary when you're in these international meetings and they think every Filipino can sing and they make you sing and it becomes a disaster and then their faith in the Filipino can sing gets shattered because of you. <laughs> so it's very, it's, it's stressful. Uh, there are th certain things that are not essential, but other things that are so essential, like health. We have to be ex excellent in the way we take care of ourselves, in the way we choose our food, in the way we make our food. We have to be excellent there. In understanding the gospel and proclaiming the gospel, we have to find excellence there. If you want to serve in church, you want to help, for example, even in ushering, be on time. We have to excel in everything, whether you're just measuring the, uh, uh, the temperature of people. Let's do it with excellence because nobody with fever should come in. Everything we do, we have to think, how can I excel in this? You go to a formal event, you don't dress sloppy. I'm not saying dress expensive. Don't, you don't have to dress expensive, but dress presentable. It's excellence in everything we do. In our personal hygiene, whether we brush our teeth or whatever. My wife always, you know, we have this lovely argument of me growing my hair and me keeping it this short. I like it this short. Because if it's long, I need an extra time to think about it. If it's at this length, I don't have to think about it because there are a lot of things I'm doing and it takes less of the effort. Now, I'm not promoting, gentlemen, that you shave your heads. I'm not promoting that. I'm just saying you have to find ways. Uh, no excuses on the sloppy work. When your teacher gives you an assignment, you comply. That's as simple as that. Comply with the deadline. Well, if you do it earlier, great. But if they give you a deadline, comply with it. It's as simple as that. But do it well. Don't comply with a deadline, with, with bad work. And uh, as a professor, I, I am very generous with, with, generous with my grades. But when I see somebody trying to fool me, oh boy. You don't fool me. You don't try that. Of course, in church, we do a lot of grace thing. Oh, this young man and young woman, he's lying to me again. But okay, I'll smile. I'll go along with it. But I see a lot of inconsistencies already. You know one of the inconsistencies? Everything's good. There's nothing wrong with me.
I'm here saying to you that I struggle with excellence since a child until today, and I never think my work is excellence. I always strive for excellence. In speaking to you, I have to strive for excellence. It's something worth remembering every time I go up here. It has to be something I have thought about, I have researched, and I have written. I have to write. 50% or even 70% of what I say to you is written. Before, I didn't do that. I was relying simply on the skill of extemporaneous speaking. I have to try because I know some people might think I'm excellence, but if I'm real to myself, I know it's not. And the moment I think that I am, it is the moment I believe I will begin to be satisfied with my work, and I should never be satisfied with my work. I'm not saying that I practice false humility when somebody was saying that was good. I will not pretend to say, no, that was bad. Well, I have to thank God. Yes, I put effort into there. But if you ask me if it has, can improve, oh, definitely, so much. Put excellence in everything you do. You set an appointment with a friend. You said 10 a.m. and you said Saturday. Put excellence in meeting that person. Well, but if you're the one who keeps forgetting, do you know the impression you give us? That you don't value other people other than yourself. That's the impression you give. That you're so selfish that we have to adjust to you. We try to be on time, but you give flimsy reasons to be late. We put excellence in everything. There's no excuse. Whatever work you have, imagine that I cannot not excel. I have to find a way. Can you imagine? Is it okay for a bus driver, which where you are riding, is it okay for them to make a mistake? Is it okay to make a mistake, especially if you're riding in the zigzag, in the cliff? Is it okay? Definitely not. Is it okay for a doctor, surgeon to make a mistake? Oops, I'm sorry. I left the scalpel inside of you. Uh, <laughs> I was too sleepy the other day and I couldn't think. Now, we put such high standards to certain professions. Well, of course, the, the pilot should be excellent in everything he does. You can't make a joke either. You know that your sense of humor must be well-placed. I know some of you have fun, a fantastic sense of humor, but you have to place it properly. Okay, can you imagine a pilot making the joke from, what's that cartoon, Madagascar? When the penguins announce, we have good news and bad news. Good news, we are landing. The bad news is, we are crash landing. So you can't say that when you're writing a pilot. You cannot make that joke there. So there are areas where you have to, sense of humor, we have to be excellent. And in what way are we excellent? Put it in the right place, in the right time. You have to know the timing very well. If you're gifted with a sense of humor, we're not against your sense of humor. We just want you to excel in it, especially in the timing of it. Well, excellence in everything. I cannot stop. You know, I, 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 if I emphasize this, we, we won't end. So I have to go on. But 
excellence or putting your energy into the work in every cup of coffee, in every plate that you you do, in every article you write, in every speech you make, in every meeting you handle. If we say, I have to excel in all these things, then make it a habit. And as you make it a habit, it becomes the natural thing, a DNA. Then you don't have to struggle. You only struggled at the start, but once you're already there, it's no longer a struggle. Next is wisdom in the work. Well, you might put your strength there, but if you don't have the wisdom, you, do, you need more time. A man cutting a tree with a blunt axe is unwise. What's blunt? Unsharpened. Or, well, it's not. It's blunt. It cannot cut anything. Well, if you cut something, you need brute force, but it'll take forever. It's unwise. Not only unwise, I'm just being gracious. It's actually foolish. A man cutting a tree with an axe that is not very sharp. It's also sharp, but not very sharp. Lacks wisdom, I see. If you use a blunt axe, I think you're unwise. If you use an axe that lacks sharpening, you are also, you lack wisdom. However, a man cutting a tree with a sharp axe is wiser than both of them. And uh, chapter 10, verse 10 says, wisdom helps one succeed. Let's read chapter 10, verse 10. If the iron is blunt, and some translations have literally the axe, okay? If the iron is blunt and one does not sharpen the edge, he must use more strength. But wisdom helps one to succeed. So how come some people work so hard, but they achieve very little achievements or success? Well, because it's not sharp. They need more strength. They need more time. And some people need less time to succeed on something. Why? Because they have sharpened themselves. They have sharpened their minds. They have sharpened their skills. Some never even do that. And thinking that they repeat the process that one day, one day, I'll hit it. I'll make it one day. But they never do until they die. Now the proverb or the poem suggests, I mean, I'm talking about chapter 10, verse 10, suggests that wisdom is the sharp axe. Can, can you pose that again? It may suggest that wisdom is the sharp axe, or that wisdom sharpens the axe. So it says here that, but wisdom helps one succeed. Again, two things it may mean. It may mean that wisdom is the sharp axe, so we need wisdom, or wisdom sharpens the axe. Either way, wisdom helps one to succeed, unlike blunt iron or blunt axe. Do you ever wonder why some work takes so long to do, and the answer is in the text we read, because we don't know what to do. That's why even in church, when we say, go make disciples, uh, some of you try, and you try for a while, and then it doesn't work. One way, it may be because it's not God's time yet. Well, there's another human reason. You don't know. You're not self-aware. Because when you handle a discipleship, you talk so much about yourself. And it's not about you. It's about God and his word and about them. You're the last person that you must talk about unless they ask. Because we don't know how. We don't know how because we have not observed the others do it. And because we have not observed the others do it, we don't even learn or read about it. So we don't know. We say proclaim the gospel and you don't do it. One reason is you don't know. Another is you're afraid. 
You're timid and shy. You're ashamed to proclaim the gospel, but you don't have to. Why are you ashamed? Because you're making it about you. Because baka you might be put to shame or embarrassed. You're, it's still about you. And the more you think less about yourself, and that's wisdom, really. Do you ever wonder why some people, they always need overtime? Well, they need overtime because they need the overtime pay, correct? <laughs> so they have to go overtime. Uh, well, assuming that's not the reason. Some do overtime because they need overtime pay. But some need to do overtime at work because they haven't finished because they lack the skills and the wisdom to do it. It takes so long to do. One of the things that some students uh, are afraid of when I become their professor, they hear that every week you have to submit 1,000 to 1,200 word essay about a journal article or a case study that I give you. Now, that's not as hard compared to studying law or medicine. But then some of them would tell me in the first few weeks, I would really be so stressed. But after a certain week, because I said it, the more you do it, the easier it becomes. Then after the eighth week, they're always on time. Why? Because they learned. And of course, I always use a plagiarism checker. I know if, you know, the beautiful thing about these software, it can pinpoint where they copied it. I know the author where they copied it from. I know sometimes the exact, it, the, the, the system shows you where it came from. And it's just amazing. So I, when I say to them, you copy pasted this from this, exactly where it is. Now, it's not because I've read everything. It's because they're software tools. The more they do it, the better their essays became. For one semester, and some are with me for two semesters, some have developed dramatically. So what do you do? With wisdom, when, if you want to sharpen yourself, it's not to, it's, the answer is not to avoid it. As some of us fear public speaking, and yes, I understand, because if you, look at, if you look at the rating of the fear of people in the world, it's in the top five. One of the, the top one could be the fear of death or the fear of heights. And along that line is the fear of speaking in public. Did you ever feel that? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> uh, yesterday it was a fun, wonderful birthday, and uh, some of us struggled to go to the mic because we're in front of so many people. But it's a wonderful because all of you are scared anyway, right? So <laughs> then it's a fun thing. Uh, so uh, a brother of, of, of ours, Brother Mike, was beside me, and, and he said, uh, how do you deal with that? I said, constant exposure. The more you go there, the more you say a little and you keep doing it, and if somebody says, anybody wants to say something, you just volunteer, don't take too much time, because you'll embarrass yourself. Just take a little time, one minute, 30 seconds, one minute, keep doing it, and the more you do it, every time you do it, the fear goes away. A little bit of the fear goes away, and goes away, and goes away. But the answer is not hiding yourself, it is actually putting yourself right there. You're putting yourself up front, application. We are unwise if we use a blunt mind and undeveloped skills. We lack wisdom if we fail to sharpen our minds and skills habitually. We have to sharpen skills habitually. 
what you're learning in school, learn everything you can, but don't be stuck there. There's so many things in life right now that you, young people, you have to get into. You have to understand how IT works. The IT, information technology, is a wide thing. Choose something from there as a, yes, learning it from the side. And you can learn that there are free material and paid material online. Instead of just watching a lot of useless TikTok videos and amusing yourself, I'm not saying all TikTok videos are useless. I'm not saying all of them are useless, but why not get into the habit of learning? Why, why don't you learn a program like Python? Why don't you understand uh, what cybersecurity is? Why that will be an essential thing in the future? In, in for all companies and for all governments, why cybersecurity will be so important. And how can you participate there? Well, you start with square one. We start from the fundamentals. You start from 101. Now, you may have other things you do, like me. I'm a pastor. But I decided I want to learn about the world. So I have a doctorate in business. Am I still continuing as a pastor? Of course, I'm, on, I'm working on my PhD in theology as well. I've done my master's. It's a non-stop thing. What else am I learning? Well, I'm, I've learned economics. Of course, technology has always been there for me. I have participated in search engine optimization. I've tried how I could market myself internationally, and I have gone through other countries because of that. There are other things we can learn. But once we give the excuse, I have no time. And that's the beginning of your foolishness because there are 24 hours. There's eight hours sleep and you have 16 hours left. You can work for eight hours and there's another eight hours. The worst thing is not doing anything. You know, there are a lot of tests, the courses. The government has a very good plan. It's free. It's free. You're not doing anything. Why don't you learn something about the car? Be a mechanic. Get a certificate. Develop a skill to help in our fitness. And your self-defense, ladies. Get some boxing. You have to know where to hit the sensitive points because that guy is definitely stronger than you. But if you know how to hit in the deadly points, it's going to stop him. Be sharper in everything. So what do we do? Well, another thing we do is pray. James 1 says we have to pray for wisdom and believe that and not doubt. So we should pray and grow that we would grow in wisdom. How in what, what should we pray for? How we relate to one another. Yes. How to listen. Not every one of us knows how to listen. We don't listen very well. Some of us, while listening, we're already speaking in our minds. That's not listening. Listening is genuinely understanding, not just the words, but the emotion of the person. Many of us want to be understood, but you also don't know how to understand others. It takes observation. It takes, it's listening to what they're not saying. Because not everything can be put into words, and not everybody is good at using words. So the master listener must listen carefully and find the gaps in the story that sometimes we don't know how to say. We should pray and grow wisdom so that we can provide better for our family. You know how I learned 
so much. It's really not from school. It's by interviewing, building friendship and interviewing successful people. Once I meet somebody that seems successful, I take the time. I pay for the coffee and whatever he wants. But some of them still end up paying for me. But I ask the questions. Tell me your story. What happened? What were the challenges you went through? I want to hear. I want to hear all the problems they faced and how they overcame it. And I'm more concerned about how do you overcome? How do you win it? Yeah, sometimes we're shy to do it, but if you can just overcome that. Now, we have to do it habitually, sharpening ourselves and always praying to excel in the work. Pray for wisdom to lead others to Christ. We should pray for wisdom on how we, how can we survive the crisis? Many of us survived, right? God is good. Some of us got really sick and we survived. Some of our businesses take a, took a hit and we survived. Everything is still about the grace of God, but the worst thing you can do is just be sad and cry in one corner and do nothing. You pray and say, Lord, give me wisdom. I'm suffering. Don't expect people to pity you. Not everybody will pity you. Not everybody will say, kawawa ka naman. And if they say, kawawa ka naman, very few of them will help you. That's the reality of life. Of course, in our community, we try to go the extra mile for one another. In the small groups, we, that's why we have that. Because we have to support one another in whatever crisis we face, but we also should not abuse one another when we face certain crises. Now we have to pray for wisdom. How can we contribute to our society? Of course, hopefully you vote wisely, not because somebody gave you money or because a friend of a friend of a friend of a friend of a friend told you to, but rather you have tried and evaluated. Aside from, from character or morality, we need somebody who understands what they plan to do. So you have to... Please, don't accept general statements, my plan is education, my plan is health. Now you have to ask, drill down specifically, what are you going to change? Write it down specifically, what will you improve? How will you improve it? If you're ever you're engaged in these open forum with candidates, I hope you ask the right question and not because your family likes that candidate. You must be independent-minded to really assess and uh, and hopefully you don't accept the bribe. Because when you accept the bribe, that's when corruption begins, when you encourage it. Well, we have to, aside from praying for wisdom, we have to grow in wisdom. Keep learning, keep doing. Learning and doing. Learning and doing. You think you're going to learn something without doing it? <laughs> but if you don't know what to learn, learn anything that you think is helpful for you, even if it's not about your career. Oh, so recently, a friend of mine and a few other friends, we were, were having our dinner, or, or what do you call those stuff? Uh, coffee after dinner, or some drinks after dinner. And uh, for several times, we have been fellowshipping. And uh, of course, some of them were concerned also about my health, because I'm a little bit overweight. So, of course, I do boxing, but they wanted to add one more thing. Why don't we swim? 
So I said, oh boy, okay. I can swim one stroke, but the other strokes, I don't know very well. But then we, we added a higher target. Why don't we target open water swimming? We swim at sea and we swim a few kilometers. So we have to beat the pool, uh, at least swim a kilometer in the pool nonstop. And then we go to sea. It's something that we tried to learn for four months or three months. Then we went out to sea. Of course, the stories of every newcomer there was, we felt a bit nervous. You know, <laughs> it's the sea. There are no waves. It's very, well, there are waves, but not so much. But when we tried it, we, by doing, learning by doing, by listening to two triathletes who have swam further distances, by continuously listening to them and, and watching some of these YouTube videos, how to conserve energy, and we just actually have to do it. Learn something, but please do it. And keep doing it. And don't get stuck. You know the problem with some of the businesses after, during the pandemic? They cannot pivot because they can't learn a new thing. It's like an old dog who can't learn new tricks. Don't be the old dog that can't learn new tricks. You're always learning. You're always seeking. And lastly, fear God. After everything that was stated, the author concluded that everyone should fear God and obey his commandments. It is everyone's duty. One day God will judge every action made in public and private. And let's read those two verses before we close. The end of the matter, all has been heard. Fear God and keep his commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. For God will bring every deed into judgment with every secret thing, whether good or evil. In scripture, there can be no wisdom without the fear of God. The fear of God is the beginning of wisdom. That is also the conclusion of the discussion. What is the conclusion? He said, and the conclusion, after all his rambling, this is the last two verses of the whole book of Ecclesiastes. After the rambling of this wise old man, after listening to the sarcasm and wisdom of this old man, he may not be old, but the writing style is as if he were old and wise and sarcastic. In the end, he says, in the end, I can say many things, but in the end, fear God. Keep his commandments, because this is your duty. So what do we do? We fear God. We ground our hearts and minds into the word of God. And as we fear God, we will believe in his son, Jesus Christ, who suffered and died for our sins. He rose again from the dead and is seated at the right hand of the Father. Moreover, we should repent of our sins so we may receive forgiveness. I share to you four stanzas called wisdom in the work. Everyone will expire one day. Let us hope it is not today. One day it will be the last breath. Hopefully we will welcome death. Because we have worked well on earth, our journey's end is like a birth. Therefore, let us do what we can, put excellence in every plan. Let's sharpen the mind and the skills and welcome wisdom that fulfills the body and feelings as well. Immaturity, let's dispel. At the end, as well as the start, the fear of God let's take to heart which leads to faith and obedience, they are much more than precious gems. Let us all rise and let us pray.
Thank you, O oh Lord, for your word. We are your children, and we fail many times, yet your grace abounds. Yet you have put within us a desire to follow, a desire to obey. And we want to excel in everything we do at home and at work and in our ministry. Make every act we do be excellent. Teach us not to give excuses. Teach us to be sharp with our dates and deadlines and the words we say and the words we write. But most especially in the way we listen, that we may truly listen and even ask clarification because we seek understanding because we want to understand as we want to understand you and the holy scriptures so we take the time to study to learn and to ask may we grow in you may we apply these messages of wisdom to put our energy into the work and to grow in wisdom so it can help us succeed so do know we do not waste a lot of time and energy in the work so we may have time for family, even friends, and to reach out to others and disciple them. Be glorified, Lord. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of the Father, and the fellowship of His Spirit be with you all. God's people say, Amen. Good morning. God bless you.